Okay. I'm going to try and not make this fall. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm also sorry for the positioning, but I'm also doing like, I'm recording myself on like a little podcast because um, I want to be able to say this in a different way and have access to it. That's more than just video. But I wanted to talk about dog reacti reactivity for a moment um, and like my take on it and hopefully some information I can shed for people who just don't experience it and don't actually know what dog reactivity is. Um, everyone has will have their different explanations of this and uh, there is not one explanation that is only correct. There are a whole bunch of different things um, that go into dog reactivity. I'm only going to be talking about my experience with it and this specific dog. So um, Bentley, my personal dog, he is now reactive and I'm, I'm going to be really straightforward about it because this is what it's about. Um, he, like a week or two ago, he, we were walking and we were attacked by an off-leash dog that just came out of its house and just v-lined straight for us. Unfortunately, he wasn't physically like really hurt. He had a few nicks, but psychologically, it is definitely something that has put a very big um, impression on him. And it's really unfortunate and it ticks me off that this happened because um, I put three years of work into this dog and to have a situation like this um, screw it up, it's really unfortunate. And you know, I could sit here and I can blame the owners and I can, you know, I can like, don't get me wrong. Like it, it, in the situation, how it happened, the dog broke out of like, broke off its leash that it was tied to in the back and like, I guess hopped the fence or whatever and got out and just V-line straight for us, um, which was ridiculous. Fortunately, the owner came like darting out after it and we were able to like separate them. But that definitely caused a problem with how Bentley now reacts to certain things that he sees and hears in his environment. He's definitely a lot more alert. He was alert before, but now he's a lot more negatively alert to things that he hears. And that means that there's a lot more work that I have to do to get him to a point to where he is trusting of his environment and trusting of me and respectful of what I ask and say. Um, I bring this up because I was just outside and I um, I have an empty field that's by my house that I typically, you know, like I go to, you know, every so often because it's empty. No one really goes there. If people do go there, like they pass by pretty far and like it's a nice, fine, open spot that I can set different things up. And this time I was out there and someone was playing basketball on the other side of the like uh, this chain link fence that uh, separates the field from like other complexes. And he and like this then like this chihuahua started barking so the basketball like we were fine with the basketball we were working on just place to place and then if i, I wish i it would have been interesting to record and to actually show you what happened because a lot of people don't get to see reactivity while it's happening which makes sense because in the moment you're not worried about getting it on video you're worried about making sure that everyone's safe in that situation that you're working the dog through that situation which is what my mind was on i was like okay great you know I was like someone's going to hear someone's going to hear and think that something worse is happening than what actually is happening and they're which is what happened and their first um 
instinct is going to be, oh my gosh, such, such a horrible dog. And that just, that, that, that irks me because it's poorly educated people that spread false information. And then you get worse, you get really bad reputations for certain breeds because people don't have the proper information for that situation. So someone was, you know, playing with the chain link, you know, like basketball, so like the hoop was making, you know, like that noise. So simulation that way was kind of like, okay, that was kind of, it wasn't making him uncomfortable, but he was listening to it, but he was still in tune with me and still paying attention to me and what I asked and was still like uppity and like engaged and fine. And then all of a sudden this chihuahua started barking. And then he looked over there and immediately he just started to hyper-focus on it and split second, not even a split second, but then he just kind of was like, oh, like, then he just started to react. He started to bark and he started to growl. And um, in this moment, I wasn't concerned. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this dog, he's about to like attack me. I was like, great. <laughs> I'm gonna get redirected on because of how worked up he is in this situation and me trying to work him down in this situation. Um, there was only so many places like I, I could go and you would still hear like the Chihuahua and I know he, like, he'd still react in one way or another, he was still gonna have to be calmed down. So in my mind, I'm like, great. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be redirected on because he's so overstimulated by this situation and by the dog barking. And I know that because I know his history that in his mind, he's ready for a dog to come darting out at him and ready for him to have to defend himself. And the whole time I, you know, I had him on an e-collar and I had him on a slip leash, which I'm really happy I had him on a slip leash because for some reason, I don't know if it's just the leashes that I have, even though I have like a rough wear type of little small leash, but it just keeps coming off of his collars and it's really unsafe. And that that needs to be something that is fixed with people who make leashes, but that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so I had him on a slip leash and I had him on a knee collar. And I think I had him probably on like a 40 because he was that stimulated. Typically a four works fine for him. Now, if you don't like e-collars, that's perfectly fine. Um, if you don't like adversive tools, that's perfectly fine. In the kindest way, I don't care um, because every single dog that I have worked with, I have used both adversive and non-adversive tools and they both things together have made a world of a difference and adversive tools have helped a lot of dogs um, that I've heard, that I've seen, that I've heard stories about, that I've worked with, that I got to just engage with. And it, 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 it changes lives and it offers freedom, but if used correctly, it offers uh, just an amazing results. And if used improperly, it and improperly also means used on a dog that does not need it or cannot handle it it will screw you up and it will screw up the dog. Um, even if it's the situation, which in this case, the situation was, um, I asked him the place and he was reacting to the thing. I asked him, I just worked on something, two things that were super simple, which was place, income, place, income, place, income, place, income, that's it. Place is you go there and you lay down. He was not comfortable enough to lay down. And every time I asked him to lay down, that's when he would react because he was like, I'm not comfortable. So I'm like, fine we're gonna walk, we're gonna walk, you're gonna heal with me, and you're gonna go back to place, and you're gonna lay down. Don't wanna lay down, you're gonna walk with me, you're gonna heal with me, and you're gonna go back to place, and you're gonna lay down, and we're gonna repeat this until you start to calm down enough to where you are comfortable enough to lay down and to start listening again. Because this happened in a, like, a, a, a split moment, like this, this, this just, like it turned. And 
I don't know how long this went on for, but he was just, I know he was just like visibly like, like just, just on guard. And he reader, like he, he, he bit like at where he was being um, like buzzed and the leash, but once again, knowing him, and I want to explain this, but how he did it, it wasn't like, I'm going to bite, latch on, shake and hurt you. It's like, okay, this is uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable and I'm being asked to do something and I'm not comfortable enough to do it. And I don't know what to do. And this is how I'm going to react. So my job is to be like, Hey, like, you're fine. You're fine. Even when I wasn't even tapping him with the e-collar, I was still just verbally asking him and guiding him and being mindful how I guided too was with the leash was just like, Hey dude, like, like, stop. Like you're like, you're fine. Verbally. I'm not saying that, but my, my physical expectation or my physical, um, what's the word, my physical output that I'm giving him is very clear to be, Hey, stop. You're fine. You like, you can trust me. This is all I'm asking you to do. You were just doing this. Not even two minutes ago. You're fine. And once he stopped hearing the dog bark and we walked around and, you know, we repeated this and we, I, I kept repeating it until I got the result that, hi, I'm just talking about a situation that happened with my dog. Um, I kept repeating this, uh, this method, this way of working with him until he behaved like he was before the thing set him off or at least close to it to where I could see him calm down. He didn't calm down completely by the end, which did like, it annoyed me because I was like, great. But I still wanted to make sure that I ended up on a good, on a good note. Um, so during this ordeal, obviously he sounds like a banshee. It sounds like I'm being attacked by a dog. It sounds like a dog fight because he's just, he's loud. He's screaming, he's barking. And it just, it sounds horrible. It sounds so much worse than the situation actually was. And, but I was in control of every movement that he had, every movement that he made. I knew, like I knew where he was going to go. So I knew, I knew I was safe. Um, it was just more so annoying because I'm like, people are going to hear you and they're going to think, they're going to think something something worse is happening and then I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hear about it to which I did um which is why I even want to talk about this because then this guy the stranger comes up and he's standing and he's watching as I'm holding the leash have, making Bentley sit asking him to lay down he's growling and he's like barking like like argumentatively at me not um aggressively at me but he was he was definitely he was arguing with me he was like he was like no he was like I don't, I don't want to and I'm like well too bad you're going to um, and we're going to keep going until you do, because there's no reason for you not to. And the guy was saying, he was like, are you okay? And I'm, I, I think I glanced up at him, but I was here and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I just continued doing what I was doing. As this dog is barking at me, I'm still, I'm still continuing to work on because I'm like, okay, yeah, like, I know I'm fine. You can ask whatever questions you want, but I'm not going to pay attention to you because I have something more serious going on that requires my undivided attention. And so then this guy was like, be careful, you know, pit bulls, like they're going to turn on you. And when he said that, I wanted to be like, <laughs> I wanted to go off because it was ignorance that came from a lack of knowledge and understanding of the situation. All he was doing was judging off of opinions and 
things that he's heard and probably seen on the news from other people and stories, but he was not using accurate information that he could have gathered from this situation. And, you know, I, I could have used my energy to be upset, but instead I just said, no, you're actually very incorrect, but thank you. And I continued doing what I was doing and he watched for a little bit and then he walked off. Um, and I was like, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate you saying, you know, like, be careful. I will. But what you're saying is spreading false information and it's unnecessary. And it's unnecessary because I don't like, I'm like, why, like, why are you going to come to someone and say that, you know, like this breed, like they're known to turn on you. And that's not the case with Pitts. Like that, that's, that's really not. Um, Bentley's age is about, he's, he's three. It's, it's the age that you see a lot of dogs end up in shelters and it's because they get testy. They, they get testy. They become harder to handle. They become just argumentative. They have like, they start to have problems. I mean, they're living things that have problems and a lot of people are not prepared for that. The average owner, even the more than average owner is not prepared for that because it's not what they're expecting when they get a dog. It's not what they see. It's not what they hear. Oh my gosh, I want you know, a nice, cute, old dog, like cute little dog that's fluffy and that's going to love me. And that's what I've heard, you know, before, but they don't understand a lot of the things that had to come with getting that cute, fluffy dog that loved you. It's a lot of work and a lot of trust from both sides and a lot of boundaries. And even if you're purely positive, even if you're someone who, you know, does like positive R, which um, that will be, I'd like to do like a whole nother thing about that to actually like go in depth and explain and educate myself more on it. Cause I don't want to just call it purely positive because that's really that just sounds like it, it sounds like I'm like being negative about it and that's not the case um but you still have boundaries for your dog you still have an expectation for your dog and you still have things that you allow your dog to do but you have things that you will not allow them to do for obvious reasons. And it's the same thing with someone who does balanced training. There are, you know, there are things that I allow my dog to do and there are things I don't allow my dog to do. And, you know, you know, I don't, I don't have, um, well, not, I don't have, but I, if you're in a situation where you have a dog that reacts in a way where, um, once again, I don't, I don't want to say this and it sounds very like degrading towards it, but you're, you're not even cookie pushing me because I would have used treats if I had one, if I was expecting for it to go like this, I would have used like hot dogs and something, but you know, some, some positive trainers that I have seen to where they're dealing with dog reactivity, they're doing it very poorly for an owner to be able to work with. And they're doing it in a way that and that ends up putting the dog into the, the shelter, into a pound, because it's a way that the owner cannot keep up with it. And it's a way that doesn't work with the dog and doesn't help the dog address the issues. Um, if you have reactivity, you know, like speak to a trainer, like make sure that the reactivity you're thinking is happening is actually what's happening because you have reactivity that comes from excitement. You have reactivity that comes from aggression and genetic aggression. And you have reactivity that comes from trauma that the dog inflicted or that was inflicted from that the dog got you know that was inflicted on the dog and in this case his reactivity is because it's trauma that was inflicted on him unfortunately and now he feels the need to react this way excuse me to which it's a lot of work that I'm going to have to do to make sure that it's like hey you know if 
I would love to be able to get him to a spot to where we're walking around and he's not as on guard about dogs, but I'm also preparing myself for the fact that these things leave lasting effects on on every living thing. And I, I completely understand if he will never be 100% solid again to where he's completely okay with other dogs in his surroundings, but I do still have the expectation of like, okay, you need to, you, I'm willing to put in the work to make sure that I can put you in a position where you are more trusting than you are now. And, um, and this, what the, just this guy saying that like pits are pits will turn on you. Like he was like, he looks like he's going at you. And I'm like, no, um, if he would have stayed there longer, I would have, he would have saw how, like where we ended. And I would have happily explained to him what happened. I've been like, actually, no, what you're seeing is not actually what's going on. He is vocalizing and arguing with me for sure. And he may redirect on me, but his intention is not to go at me. He is very uncomfortable with the situation that just happened because his last interaction with a dog vocalizing like that led him to be attacked. And now to him, he feels the need to be on guard with that. And we don't run into like a whole bunch of dogs. And, you know, my fault too, like, I don't, I only like, you only go, I only go out so much. So to work him through that is going to take a lot of like out searching of just finding places and finding dogs and working up his threshold on where he can be and gonna get a muzzle for safety too, because um, in the event that the stupid leash pops off, like for some reason it does, which really, really ticks me off. I don't see why a leash maker is going to make a leash that has that capability of popping off. That's really unsafe and that's really irresponsible to sell out there. Um, slip leashes are the only ones that are like staying on a dog and we're, we're going to continue to work through it. And, you know, I hope to be able to share and educate people on um, reactivity and on just like, I mean, like my experience with it, but hopefully let people know that like, hey, like it, like your dog is reacting this way for a reason. And the reason that they are going at something like this is not always because of a genetic problem. Um, like, especially if you get a dog from a shelter, you're going to assume it's genetics, but it's training. A lot of it is training and it's experience. You know, you train I trained this dude for three freaking years and one situation screwed it all up. <laughs> but fortunately, you know, just, we're still pushing through it and we're still going to work through it, but it just, it happens. Um, fortunately his reactivity has not, uh, been, been continued like inside. I mean, like we have other dogs and a puppy and he's, he loves them both and he's perfectly fine. And he's happy go lucky, but it's when he's outside and he hears the barking and he, you know, he gets uncomfortable and it just, it, it, it puts him on guard. And, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, that, um, your breed, like the breed is super important, but knowing your dog is also so important. I know that he, if another dog came into his personal space and he felt uncomfortable, he has every right to defend himself. He, he honestly does. Um, there's a body language and there's information that another dog is giving him that I don't know because I don't speak that language. I can only 
um, translates so much of what I can learn, but he has every right to defend himself. But it's my responsibility to do my best to not put him in situations where he would feel uncomfortable. Did I? Okay. It's my responsibility to put him in situations where he does not feel uncomfortable and he does not feel like it's necessary for him to protect himself. And getting to that is going to be a work in progress because I have to get through his head that like, hey, it's not your like you like you don't you don't have to be on guard. Like you're fine. Like like the situ like you're fine. You're you're safe. The situation that happened definitely threw us both for a very big loop because it was a like we were fine. We were in a completely fine and safe area. And it just happened out of nowhere. Um, it, it honestly did. And it's unfortunate that it happened, but it did happen. And I feel like it's my job and it's my desire to want to educate people on this. Because, I mean, you don't hear a lot of people talk about their dog's reactivity. And you don't hear a lot of people talk about their struggle or struggles with it or their progress. So I'm not going to lie and say that, like, oh, this feels great. Like, no, this feels horrible to have to deal with. Because... If you've met him in person and if you've met us, you know that he is genuinely an awesome dog. And he is honestly a a just a spectacular dog and um, who has bounced back from so much. And to know that this has affected him in the way that it did, um, I can see that internally he has enough down, head down. Um, I can see kind of like this, like the switch in him of like mistrusting and like the, I can see, I can see the difference in him and it, it hurts to see that, but it's like, okay, well, sitting here and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, I feel so bad for you. That's not going to do anything. Um, it is honestly, it's not going to do anything. Um, what will do something is me putting in the work to figure out, okay, how can, how can you get past this? What, what do we got to do to get you past this? And regards to how long it takes, like, you know, you're going to, like, you're, you're still stuck with me. People send their dogs to shelters when this happens and when their dog starts to react like this to other dogs because they don't understand where it came from, why it happened or how to, how to fix it. And that is really a shame. Um, it's really a shame. Uh, but I know that his his ability to go from zero to a hundred when aroused and when uncomfortable is intense. And that just comes with me knowing my dog and me knowing, you know, the, the different breeds. It'd be like a German shepherd uncomfortable to go from zero to 10 is very, is very probable and very easy when they are in a situation that makes them feel like they need to react that way. And, you know, Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I guess I know a lot of people don't think that way. I'm just like, you know, okay, what, what are the next steps that I am required to take to move along and to just continue going on and to continue um, to just continue and to get him to the point where he needs to feel comfortable. First step is a muzzle because that's going to be safe for the both of us because even though I know that he would because I've worked with him enough to where my hand in his mouth or my body part in his mouth is like a big no-no and I but I understand and that's the thing is I understand the fact that when he's aroused and when he's uncomfortable that he's still an animal and that switch is going to turn and he will redirect 
if he feels that that is what is going to make him feel safe. I was just looking at my curtain. Um, so because of that, um, I would much rather just keep us both safe and, you know, keep holes from being in my hands or in my body as I'm working through this. Um, a big annoying thing that I'm going to have to mentally get through is comments from people because I don't, when I see a dog reacting, lunging and barking, if the owner is saying, oh, you're okay, or you're going to be fine, or you're okay, or he's just friendly, that annoys me. The dog lunging and barking isn't what annoys me. It's the owner's reaction to it. And a lot of it comes from poor information, lack of information, lack of understanding that um, owners don't enough, that owners don't know what to do. And so they want to try and soothe the dog. And that's not the case. And that's not, it, that's not what works. Um, so, you know, I, enough. He's having an attitude because he's in the crate. Um, that is going to be, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not going to be sitting there and being like, oh my gosh, you're okay. Like you're going to be fine. Or they're not going to hurt you. You know, if I make a comment like, dude, you're fine. I'm saying that more so just out there as I continue to work with him, but I'm not sitting there saying like, dude, you're fine. Like, come on, just trust him. Like you're okay. Because that's pointless. That's not, that's not going to help him. He's not going to understand that. He's not going to be able to use that and actually work with it. Instead, I'm going to be the one there, like, you know, correcting him when necessary and working him through it, even if he's being very vocal and getting the fact that in today's society, if someone sees a dog vocalizing so extremely, they automatically assume that the dog is being harmed and they automatically assume that you're abusing the dog and that the dog is not safe. And it's just going to be the fact that I'm, it's going to be either stares or comments and I'm going to have to bite my tongue to make sure that I don't, um, uh, whatchamacallit, that I don't like go off on someone um from just pure annoyance and I'm being honest about that you know I'm just I'm, I'm gonna be flat out honest because I don't I don't appreciate someone commenting on something that they know nothing about especially when they don't understand the situation and they don't know how you work through that situation so yeah um I don't know when I'm going to be able to get a muzzle though but I'd like to be able to get that this week um yeah but that's what we're going to be working on. So yeah, that's it. Um, I guess, you know, like if anyone has any questions or anything, please feel free to like, let me know. Um, but yeah, I'm going to save this live and I don't know what I'm going to put this under. I'm going to try and put it under a different series, but I'm going to save this live. Next time I'll set up my camera so there's not so much space above my head. And I'm going to save this podcast and I'm probably going to put a link to this podcast um if I can figure out how to do that and just save it because you know it's I I want to have my viewpoint out there and my experience out there and hopefully my experience helps shed a light on some information that maybe someone didn't know and the more I educate myself the more information that I can share and hopefully educate other people and you know help people understand that like you gotta you gotta control your dog like you're 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 kind of screwing up for a lot of people um by just not 
being able to control your dog and it's because of a lack of information out there and that's not fair and that, that's not fair that's not fair to people and it's definitely absolutely not fair to the dog because the dog is the one that's having to go through this so that's it that's all i have to say um yeah nothing else peace